Hal, do you read me? Do you read me, Hal? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. What's the problem? I think you know what the problem is just as well as I do. What are you talking about, Hal? This mission is too important for me to allow you to jeopardize it. Hello and thanks for joining us. My name's Ian Stroud. And my name is David Malone. And this is Hyperland. Dave. (laughs) (laughs) I do love that clip. I tell you, I was, I was listening to that clip a little while ago, and I thought, A, it perfectly encapsulates what I think is going wrong with our democracy, and B, even more interestingly, it encapsulates the role that I think AI will increasingly have in our democracy. Oh, interesting. I think, <laughs> I think, we, know, I think we slightly differ on that. And Tell us what you think then. Go on. Um I am, first of all, coming from a stance of remembering Dolly the Sheep and scare stories about GM crops, which I'm sure were all true and and worrisome, but I I think it was uh, the media putting a spin on things. Maybe it was a quiet week for news um, (laughs) that week. So are you saying you think AI is not going to be the, the worry that people think it is? No, I think it, I think there is a worry to it. I think we need to keep an eye on it. But um, no, no, I, I don't kind of fear it in the way. I, th- I think I think we're being set up to fear it, probably to hide away some other badness that's happening in the world. You old cynic, you. I know, I know. It's not like me at all. I'm normally so positive. <laughs> I know. What's happened? Well, listen, you, you've probably got a better take on it. You uh, Well, no, I haven't got a better take. I just have a different take. I mean, You have a different take, but you've spoken directly, interviewed uh, a number of people, and so I would bow a certain amount to the information that they gave. It's not, yeah, I mean, I did get a lot of information from them. So I, I did the interviews for a film called We Need to Talk About AI, which was directed by uh, an old friend and colleague called Leanne Pooley. And she asked me if I'd do the interviews because she felt she was more of a people director and wanted me to have to talk to all the boffins. Um, <laughs> and I was very happy to because I like talking to boffins. Boffins yeah. are my friends. Um, so I got to talk to about 40 people who were either entrepreneurs, some of them extraordinarily rich, you know, these sort of, yes. oh, I just invest, invested 100 million in something yesterday, kind of rich. Hmm. Um and uh, a lot of the very s- most senior researchers, people who'd been in AI for a very long time and were at the forefront. So I, I got to, to ask them a lot of questions and got to hear what they had to say. And more than the specific information, because they were hardly going to you know, suddenly go, look, I shouldn't tell you this, but it was more the general attitude that they brought with them. Yeah. which was the most interesting thing for me. And they were quite divided. There were those who just wanted to make stuff and were really thrilled with making it. And then there was, I would say, a sizable minority, maybe uh, nearly, nearly a half, I mean, certainly a third, who 
had really significant worries about how this would end up being used and its effects. And I don't know, it's, it's a massive subject, AI. So you, you can't say we're going to do a podcast about AI. That would be like saying we're going to do a podcast about gravity or electricity. But, but also because it will be out of date in about five minutes. Yeah, it's indeed. probably one of those technologies that that moves at such a pace. Yeah. So I, I think rather than trying to say, oh, here's the latest, <laughs> I, I think some of the issues are, no matter what happens, they're not going to change. And the one I'm really interested in at the moment is its effect on democracy. Because um, we saw already the very, very tame beginnings of how AI might be um, applied with uh, the Cambridge Analytica story. Yeah, yeah. Um, I managed to talk to um, Kaczynski. Um, he's a professor at Stanford, and it was his research which formed the basis of what Cambridge Analytica were accused of doing, and which they may or may not have done some of. And Kaczynski was really interesting talking to him because although it was his research which was the enabler for for things to happen, which I thought were rather dark and not not very hope inspiring. Yeah. Um, he wasn't any kind of uh, you know cartoon villain. I really liked the man. Okay. Um, he on a personal level, I thought he's interesting. He's 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 educated. He's thoughtful. And what was therefore it made some of what he had to say all the more shocking because it would have been fine if he'd had a you know waxed moustache and a big tall black hat. <laughs> Because I'd have gone, okay, well, you know, of course he would say that. Just look at him. But I, I liked the man, and he he was sympathetic, and I, I could easily have seen myself developing a friendship with him. And yet, some of what he had to say, I found quite shocking. Yeah. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, what Kaczynski's research, and this is research that's now quite outdated. He and others have gone a lot further now. Um, it was his research that showed that, as he explained it, from about an average of two hundred likes that someone would put on their face, Facebook. So whatever happened to come up, you know, I like this, I like that, I like the other. He said to me, uh, from an average of 200 likes, we can tell who someone will vote for in the next election, what yeah. their general political outlook is like, what their sexual orientation is, is, whether they know it yet or not, which was quite interesting, mm -hmm. and, a whole, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I said, well, Okay, so you mean you can take a good guess? And he said, no, we were really shocked that our accuracy from only 200 random likes was in the high 90s. So there you are, the scan your Facebook. And from 200 times that you've gone, oh, I like that, they will be able to tell what your sexual orientation is with a 90 something percent accuracy, whether you know it yet or not, and your political outlook. And those, um, there were many other things as well. Can I ask a question? Um, yeah, of course. What's Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> this is. Do you believe me for a start? Do you believe that, or do you think he was telling me lies? I, 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 does, I, does it sound I, possible? I, I think it's plausible. Um, I think so. What? I think if you're that kind of person that wants to go around on Facebook, going, "Oh, I like that. I like that. I like that," then mm, I don't know how to put more fool you. I suppose. Yeah, except that if their foolishness, if you think it's foolish and it just affects them, fine, okay, of course. Um, uh, I think it's foolish to eat two Big Macs a week, but it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're right, you could have three, couldn't you? <laughs> you could. Um, 
But think about um, the election 2010, Cameron Clegg, and they set up, do you remember the nudge unit? Uh, I don't. Okay. So in 2010, they set up part of, in the cabinet office, this thing called the, the nudge unit, which was right. going to use the latest behavioral science yeah. to nudge people on certain opinions. So nudge is such a wonderful sort of English euphemism. You know, th those dreadful authoritarian regimes over there, they, yes. they will send you propaganda and they will brainwash you. Yeah. But in England, we just nudge you. We'll just nudge you in the just direction we want you to go in. It sounds yeah. friendly. Okay. Um, but they were using behavioral science to say, okay, let's find out about what people like and dislike. Let's see what those likes and dislikes are connected to and see if we can use these connections of likes and dislikes to nudge someone's opinion on something that we care about. Okay. So if you wanted someone to be in favor of privatizing, uh, I don't know, the NHS, yeah. and somehow you can connect it to um, how people feel about kittens, <laughs> then then they're going to go privatize the NHS. Oh, yeah, why not? Okay, I mean, that's a silly example, but that's in essence what they're doing. Yes, point made. So um, um... You just slightly nudge things. So so now you've got all these people you don't care about on Facebook, giving them all the information about all the things that they care about, yeah. they like, or they dislike. And armed with that, they can, with a very high accuracy, predict what people think about things they've never mentioned on Facebook. Right, okay. Um, and, and this is the way that the surveillance AI works. Yeah. Is that what AI does is it notices patterns which we don't. Yeah, right. fine. I'm following what you're sort of saying, but I, I feel as if I'm quite an honest and open person. I'll tell you who I think I'm going to vote. I don't know who I'm going to vote for in the next election. I'm just not seeing the, the connection. I don't really care. Okay. So I want to get people to be in favor of, I don't know, a war that I think I'm going to have to start in somewhere that people <laughs> haven't heard of, like Syria. You know, this we're going back a few years now. All right. Um, um, how do I do that? Go on then. How do, I, how do I soften people up? Well, I need to know the kind of things that they already have some feelings about. Oh, fear, um, fear of, yeah. Fear of, like of. Yeah. So first of all, I need to know who the people are that I need to target. Who are the people who are worth trying to nudge? Yeah. Who are nudgeable, where a nudge will shift them just enough that it's useful for me. Okay. So I need to develop profiles about people, but you're not doing it the old fashioned way where you, you know, have some fellow standing with his overcoat turned up in a, sh you know, opposite their house in the shadowy corner, <laughs> noting everything about the person. That's not how it works. They don't need to know about you specifically. What they need to know about is your membership or otherwise in categories of people. Right. And then you make a Venn diagram of all of these overlapping categories. And when you, when you can say, okay, he's not a vegetarian, but he doesn't like industrial farming and he likes stamp collecting and he goes to uh, the Methodist church once a month. So you're now vaguely religious and you are not vegetarian, but you care about that. So yeah. what they then do is they, they create a profile of the kind of person you are. Okay. And what they then do is AI, because it notices patterns in vast data sets, can yeah. say, okay, what I've noticed is 
that someone who fits all these seemingly disparate categories that well, we've just likes kittens mentioned <laughs> it likes kittens but weirdly people who don't trust uh people who live in the middle east yeah also happen to figure in all of these categories weirdly it's never a connection you and i would make but yeah, the yeah. ai sees it yeah and if you can find out sort of 60 categories seemingly disparate and unconnected that this person is, the AI will then one day spit out and say, if they're positive for these 60 things, it's a 95% probability that you will be able to nudge them to distrust people who live in the Middle East a little bit more. And how to do that. Yeah. So then you think, great. So then the AI, you begin to rewrite stories um, in a certain way, just giving an impression, which is also tailored to the people you want to nudge that maybe these people that you want to drop bombs on, you convince them that they're they're not nice to pets, that they treat animals badly. Um, I mean, you know, I'm just making this this up, but this is how you would do it. Yeah. And that is also what the nudge did. So the, the, the nudge was saying, how do we have to describe things and what things do we have to mention to change someone's attitude towards a question? Um, so yeah, sort of to counter that, uh, we live off the grid and we don't go on Facebook. Sure, but it doesn't matter what you do as long as they can get enough other people to change their voting yeah. behaviour. And yeah. then you know your country does something that you say I would never have voted for that. How the hell did everyone else vote for that? Yeah. And all those other people aren't quite sure why. <laughs> they just had it. They just. You know, they just yeah, I just had a bad feeling about. I just oh, changed yeah. their opinion. Some, somebody, yeah. You know, if someone's aware of how you changed their opinion, it's not a nudge; it was an explanation. And what you're not doing yeah. is explaining. It's not the explanation unit; okay. it's yeah, the yeah. nudge unit. So that's AI. The whole, and so nudges like advertising. Why did you buy Timothy um, <laughs> shampoo when you'd never heard of Timothy before? Well, oh. that's an obvious one because there's some very pretty girl swishing her hair about. I liked. But, I liked the colour of the bottle. Fine, whatever it was. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but you don't explain anything. Advertising oh. is not about explaining. It's 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 about changing someone's feeling about something, and that's what the nudge did. Right. And okay. you could say, right, well, then the nudge did it. What's so new? But AI is so much more powerful because AI feeds on the great data prairies of the internet. So it sucks up colossal yeah. amounts of data. So it's not just going to nudge you. It's going to nudge, you know, I don't know, 200 million people who happen to be on Facebook. Yeah. And out of those, maybe 50 million are going to be nudgeable on a given question. Then it begins to have a real political effect and... It has an effect, which is what's desired by the people who own it, not you. Yeah, I'd, I'd sort of say politicians for me have a better effect than just turning me off from politics altogether, which is which <laughs> is, is kind of you know good for them because then potentially I'm not going to vote. But yeah. they win that way as well. Yes, no, they're... no, I, I I get that, and but I might be being a bit naive i think i've got a little bit more control than that i've got somebody's hand up my backside <laughs> and they're controlling well everything. yeah i mean if they're if they're very good at it you won't know that you've been nudged that's yeah. the whole idea yeah but even if you you are as you say you, you're savvy enough that you think no no no, i haven't been manipulated but if they're manipulating a lot of other people yes then that's also a problem and then you get into this compounded problem which i see a lot in politics i mean it, it came it was one of the big drivers of both Trump and Brexit, yeah. where people made the argument you've just made, 
they've said, I wasn't manipulated because yeah. I'm clever yeah, and I'm yeah. aware. I don't I think I'm the clever. Right newspapers. But, but <laughs> all of those deplorables, they are stupid and suggestible. And so what they voted for is some way illegitimate because they were lied to and manipulated. Okay. And that yeah. itself is incredibly corrosive to democracy because it says the outcome wasn't a democratic one. The outcome was those stupid people were manipulated. <laughs> and so, and I wasn't. Yes. And, and, and isn't that exactly what we said in um, both Brexit and the Trump election? It's an epistocracy, mate, where you've got to be <laughs> intelligent enough to, to actually be allowed to vote. Yeah, Which but, is more but it, I see it as so um, corrosive. So it's corrosive if they did manage to nudge people. Yeah. And it's corrosive if you think that they nudged people. Yeah. They don't even have to have nudged them for you uh, to genuinely feel that the outcome uh, is illegitimate. Yeah, I, I, I worry about democracy. Um... Yeah, I, I, I do too. I think it is in real danger uh, um, because of that quote at the top. Um, uh, I, I wrote a, a bunch of things on the Golan blog, which are some of the best stuff I wrote, actually, ooh. essentially saying, you know, how do you claim to be a champion of democracy while at the same time undermining it? And why would you do that? And and I think the the quote from 2001 is exactly opposite. I think there's a whole big bunch of people, and not just one bunch, but several bunches of yeah. people, including the environmental movement, I have to say, who've said, look, in this complicated, interconnected world that's so close to so many pressing existential catastrophes, yeah. can we really let the great unwashed continue to make bad decisions? But it's, it's, well, yeah. <laughs> and that's how they're characterising democracy. And I genuinely think our democratic leaders and a big chunk of those who are the, the machinery of democracy yeah. have decided that our democracy is not what they want, that they want a democracy that's much more like Chinese version of democracy or Singapore's <laughs> version of democracy. And I, I genuinely think that. I think there's a real worry that those who claim to be the guardians of democracy are the people who are trying to change it to be just a hollow shell of democracy. I genuinely worry about that. Yeah. And AI is the perfect tool for it. I, it's interesting that, that you sort of say AI is the tool for that. I, I think that's... Um, they don't need it. They've been doing it, but it makes yes, it so, yes, it makes, so, so it makes much it easier. powerful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to employ, you know, um, a tower block full of people to be scanning newspapers, yeah. scanning people's Facebook uh, accounts and writing stories. I mean, it's, it's unwieldy. As a, a, an AI can do that while it also orders you the, your next latte. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it doesn't even need to be AI. That's but then, the thing. But that, Cambridge Analytica was barely AI, really. Yeah. yeah. But then, but then AI uh, can now be drafted in as well. Yeah, I think that's the discussion about AI, and I think that's my point of I'm not really worried about it. In the statement, it's not the gun that kills people; it's the person that pulls the trigger. So yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, AI, I can I mean, turn that around though, Ian. Come yeah. on, I mean, oh, no, if, totally. if, you're, if you're a person who wants to kill someone and you've got a toothpick, you're not going to be so good with it. <laughs> <laughs> 
if I hand you a fully I, I, automatic loaded weapon, yes. there's no point in saying to me afterwards, well, it was, you know, you know it's, it's the person. Yeah, but I just handed that person a much more efficient machine for doing what he, the lunatic thing very, he wants to do. So it is a Very problem. true, very true. Yeah, at the moment, they've got, you know, they used to have to do this with some people in the cabinet office. With peace shooters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but now they They've can all do got it machine on, guns. on mass, and <laughs> you can have that coalition between a government and big business. Yeah, and the, you know that is the the FDR, um, you know Franklin Delano Roosevelt's definition of fascism, when you have the collusion of big capital yeah. and big government. Talking of quotes, summoning the demon, uh, mm. Elon Musk came out with. And well, Elon's, Elon Musk, I mean, I never got to talk to him. I, I talked to one of the scientists who has worked with him before. Mm -hmm. And he was interesting about Musk. I mean, Max Tegmark has worked with Musk, and I, I, I've talked to Max a couple of times. So I, yeah. I quite liked him. But, you know, he, he was involved in the early stages of chat GPT, wasn't he? Uh, Musk? Yeah. Yeah, he was one of 12 people that set up uh, OpenAI. Yeah. He's he's not involved in OpenAI anymore, though. I think he 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 left that board. Yeah, um, and it, it was set up as a not for profit, wasn't it? it originally, was. yes, I don't correct. know if it still is. It's it's still not for profit. I saw an interview with Sam Altman, that's the CEO and co-founder of it. He talked about it being non -for, not for profit. He has no equity in it. The mm. board can sack him at any time. It's the way that the company is structured obviously they've had billions from uh microsoft is it i, I get confused between DeepMind and chat gpt but um he he kind of sort of, sort of says don't trust anyone on it which is a sensible thing in life um yeah it's you know people go on about um it was one of the other things that you know in the whole covid thing where the whole idea of fake news came up yeah and, and people kept saying this phrase, fake news. They used it the way you might use um, a rotten apple. Like, I can look at an apple and I know which one's rotten. Yeah. But how do you know which bit of news is the fake news? Yes, because, totally. you know, it turns out that the fake news was published by nature. Proximal Origins, that was fake news. That was yeah. lies and fake news. And it was published by the world's leading, most respected science journal but then anything that disagrees with your opinion you will you will say that's fake news yeah you know you don't need ai for that but if you can marshal ai to help with that it's the difference between standing you know at your bedroom window and shouting and having a broadcast system yeah i think i think in terms of ai and the future i think mm. having i think ultimately we'll all end up with a personal ai do you um, really? Yeah, I do. Would you, ha would you have one? Yeah, I would. Bloody hell. <laughs> maybe that, that's... Maybe that's... <laughs> that was my computer. My computer was amazed that you said that. Never mind me. <laughs> but we're using it now. And we, we're using it for good things. You know, we, we've talked a lot about the NHS and waiting lists and anything that will reduce time to diagnosis. Anything that will... <laughs> okay uh, uh, yeah i mean it will do that yeah but i can't help but it leaps into my mind like okay there's a long waiting list so your choices are as follows <laughs> we can invent an ai and we can give it all the combined data that the nhs holds 
and we can train it up to diagnose this, that, and the other. Yeah. Or we could employ some more doctors. Yeah. Why is it that the obvious, simple, straightforward solution is the one that never gets talked about? And instead, people start talking about some something that will benefit some huge corporation. Why is that? Yeah, no, no, I'm, 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 we, we don't disagree on this. Um, employ more doctors, but then it'll be, well, we don't have the money to do it. I, I think it's a, it's a balance. And do you think that AI doesn't help in a medical way, in medicine? Oh, I think it can do, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's all. I think that is... That's, that's as, yeah. that's, oh, I'm not saying that AI in any of its capacities won't help. I mean, I think one of the places AI will be at the forefront is... Um, People are not going to go into space. AI is going to go into space. All the things that happen in space in the next 40 years are going to be driven by AI. Because why you know, why would you send some big leaky bag of fluid <laughs> up to space? A, it weighs a ton. It, it has to, you have to pour water in at one end and some nasty-looking water, yes. water comes out at the other end and it's, it gets too hot, it gets too cold, it's terribly fragile. Why not just leave that at home and send an AI? Yeah, okay. So AI will definitely be doing lots of things. But I think it it will be doing it on someone's behalf, the person who owns it. Why do you think it's going to do it on your behalf? I don't get that at all. I see no reason why it should be working for you. Oh. I think it will do things for you, but it'd be massively overshadowed by what it does to you. And, and we're talking about manipulating me again. Manipulating you, putting you out of a job. I mean, I think all of these things will happen. Yeah. Um, I think it will be... It will be owned by other people. That I have a problem with in actually, I don't know what the solution is. I don't know what the answer is. But I, I think historically what you're talking about is um, something we've seen in the in the agricultural world with mm. um, tractors and plows and things that put lots of people out of work and something that we saw throughout the Industrial Revolution that equally processes were brought in. Yeah, which, you're quite right, of course, and and all of those things were were seen to be a disaster in their time, and we look back and we say, well, that's why, you know. But now we've got more food. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that that's fair enough. I think there there's always going to be that side to it that the technology will provide benefits, but I think it's it only provides benefits for those who already have a grasp of the power. Yeah, I yeah. don't think you can assume that it's going to help you unless you make sure that it helps you. And so I think a sort of a supine sort of, oh, it'll be wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll guarantee that it won't help you. you, you you've got to be one of the people saying, I, w I want to make sure this helps me. Um, I, I mean, another one would be, it's the way that AI can be used to offer a solution. And it would be a solution. Yeah. But it's only necessary because we refuse to do the more sensible thing, like, for it, let's let's take one very much like the, the doctors and the NHS, but let's take education. Yes. So there's lots of parts of the world where they can't get enough teachers. Uh, one of them is Scarborough, where I live. Oh, right. <laughs> so we could do the sensible. I mean, the only two things you need to do, the only two things you need to do to make education wonderful for children and create a generation of happy, educated children is one, half the class size yeah. to provide the teachers for that extra number of classes. Yeah. I mean, that's why Eton and all the private schools are good because their class sizes are small yeah. and 
That's it. That's all you need to do. And and everyone has known that since Noah was a small yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no political party in my 60 years or at least 50 years of paying attention um, has ever mentioned such a thing. They come up with every other conceivable piece of bullshit. Oh, well, um, no, uh, we, I, in my life, so, we've talked about class sizes and how yeah. ridiculous that, you know, they're at 30, 35 and they should all be at 14, yeah. 15. Yeah. So we know how to solve it, but yeah. we won't. And instead, someone will say, why don't we in those areas where we can't <laughs> get teachers have them taught by AI? Well, that again, that doesn't work for me. That's not a solution because. Um, well, I, why not? You said AI was going to be good, and you, yeah. you've got you know yeah, you yeah. haven't got enough teachers, so now I'm going to provide some free of charge. They don't need sick pay. They don't have to go on holiday. They never get tired because they don't they don't teach everything that is taught in school. Well, I bet you I can make sure that they'll cover the curriculum. No. <laughs> I'm not talking about the curriculum. Yeah, but we might need to. You're right. We might need to change slightly what we're teaching children, but once we tweak that, the yeah. AIs will be able to deliver it. Mm, I, 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 I wouldn't be supportive of that. I would be supportive, No, neither would I. I would be supportive I think of that that's what AI being used as a supportive tool in schools. But again, this is down to my stupid comment about, well, it's it's not the gun that, that kills people. It's the, it's the people. So am I frightened of AI? No, but am I wary of the people that, will use it i mean one point okay I'm, if you put it that way then i'm with you yeah I mean, yeah it's not like i think if you cracked open an ai you'll see that hidden in the lines of codes it says six well, six six periodically no no I, but I, I, no i agree with you i i think there's 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 a fear of the singular reprogramming for it to become more intelligent and it's going to take over the world i think that's one of the fears and that's one of the things that's been coming out in the press and that's one of the things i don't fear maybe it's because i'm not threatened by something no more i agree with you. i think i think that's distraction i that, think people that, are that's fine saying oh look over here here's the danger I, so you look over there and yes. then you don't see all of the real shortcomings exactly. yeah i agree with that yeah so but in terms of something that you're you're alluding to which is is people being done out of jobs that's that's the the space that I can't fill. I can't understand exactly how that works because let's take a, a large organization that makes mobile phones. They're quite expensive. So that company needs a lot of people to be in work, to be able to, afford. as soon as you start taking away people's jobs, jobs, then economically, how do they survive? How does the economic... Well, this okay, is, this that's, is a, that's a deeper question, which has been bedeviling, you know, yeah. Um, Western economies for at least 20 years. How, how do we years? keep yeah, the sure. poor rich enough to be able to contribute towards my richness? I mean, if, if AI put 50%, 60% of people out of work, mm. that really screws with how the economy works. Yeah, and, and I think people are worried about it. I mean, I think that's why governments have begun to, to dabble with uh, universal basic income. Um, which you know only ten years ago was seen as only the monster raving loony party <laughs> would, would, and then suddenly it went from something which was so risible, so anti-intellectual that you wouldn't even deign to re reply. Suddenly people are trying it out, and I think it's because of exactly what you're talking about. That, yeah, and it's a sign that they don't know what to do, and they genuinely don't. Um, you so you, you I, talked I, about the universal something or other that. Well, universal aware. basic income. I mean, there's various, various ways. Is that ways a different way for unemployment benefit? Yes, in the sense that you, 
you would get it whether you were in employment or not. Right, okay. Um, so is it a Marxist uh, kind of like everyone's going to get the same amount, whatever you do? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, and there there have been various ways in which people have tried to tweak it because the thing is, if you make it means tested, then you yeah. need the same vast bureaucracy you were trying to get rid of. Yeah. Um, and the whole idea behind it is that you provide people with a basic way of living and this liberates them to then um, do socially more useful things. Yeah. Um, and people argue about whether it's feasible or not feasible, whether it's crackpot, whether it aligns <laughs> with human nature or it doesn't. What I find interesting is the way that governments who wouldn't have wiped their feet on it 10 years ago are now, are now taking talking about a peak. It. And it's, uh, I think it's because they've had woken up with the same nightmare you just outlined. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know what to do. They genuinely don't know what to do. I've not read anyone who's had anything to say. No, no, and, and, and that's sensible about yeah, it. Yeah, which is again why I don't fear AI. I am. I, I will try and see the the good. I mean, we, we're using it so much already in in various ways, and yeah. there are. Now, I tell you, one, I tell you an interesting thing. Uh, the sort of the last interesting thing I, I thought to mention about this, and and it's this difference between you and I. The way we're talking now is. One of the things that I think will happen is technology will have a very divisive effect the way that Brexit or Trump had. Yeah. I think those two things give us a clue as to the effect of certain technology, particularly AI, will have. Because I think what will happen is one group of people will see it as this is helping not just me, but helping everyone. Yeah. But for it to help me, everyone has to go along with it you know its effect yeah, it's, is only felt if we all signed up to this um, which which is, is is again it's something that um sam altman um from open ai said which is it, you know uh -huh, it, right. it, it it requires a a level of a of a global agreement um hmm. at government level to have regulations in place but yeah. as, as okay, but this, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, there's, imagine, I agree with that, but there's two problems with it: <laughs> getting the world to agree on something and then regulating it. Um, yeah, we don't well, do very agreed. good on that. The, the, but I'm talking about something which is like that, but slightly different. In other words, let's let's. I'm just dreaming up an example. Let's say someone says we could implant a small chip, and this small chip will um, uh, allow you to make your purchases. It will register automatically with the tax man. Yeah. It, so we can do away with any kind of ID. You'll be able to get in or out of anywhere, including airports. Um, it'll cut the amount of bureaucracy, the number of bureaucrats we need vastly. Yeah. Um, and it will speed everything up. You know, people won't be buying tickets to get on the tube. There won't be queues of people going, oh, sorry, I haven't got the right change. Oh, my, my Oyster card has run out. Um, you'll just, every, everything will just be automatic. But for the person who, some people will love this and say, I want this. But then they will say to you, if you don't get one, yeah. I'm trying to get the advantage of this technology. And you and everyone's got to join are, in. Yeah. are screwing it up because yeah. I am waiting behind you, you Luddite, yeah. going, oh, I have no second. I think I've got 50p <laughs> in the bottom of the pocket here. Um, <laughs> and they'll hate you. Yeah. And, and it will be a level of vitriol and... Um, which will make Brexit seem like a quite a you know a well-tempered afternoon chat, because <laughs> there'll be some people saying, and it gets back to our quote, you know, that the, the, we can't allow you to endanger things 
by carrying on the way you're carrying on. Yeah. And I think AI will be one of the things which has that effect that some people will have a vision of a better life and a better life for everyone if we all adopt this great technology. And another group of people who say, I don't want to adopt that technology because I don't think it will be a better life. Yeah. And I don't think these two groups will agree to disagree because each will feel that the, what the other people are doing is endangering them and that them continuing to doing what they do is continuing to endanger them. Therefore, we can't agree to disagree. You have to be stopped. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see that as a real problem, and I think one that's hurtling towards us. Yeah. So stick that in your AI pipe and smoke it, Ian. No, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it a good... I mean, you know, there's, there's similar things like we all use WhatsApp, and WhatsApp's encoded both ends. And when seriously bad terrorism acts happen, then the authorities want to crack into the WhatsApp to see what the messages were, to prove it was them and get rid of the bad person. Mm. You know, that that whole narrative, if you've got something embedded in you and it's the way forward, then you potentially can be tracked. Now, personally, I don't really give a shit if somebody wants to track me. <laughs> it would be very boring watching me, especially for the last couple of weeks because I've been working from home, so I kind of go upstairs and downstairs. And if you're looking at two-dimensional, then I probably move about two feet a day <laughs> so i'm, I'm it just, yeah it strikes me that you you think that people who could use power over you against you aren't going to and i have the opposite feeling yeah yeah i think you need to get out more Ian. maybe i do maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but you see we are having the friendly version of the disagreement which is the one that i'm saying will overcome us all and be very unfriendly so we're already on that road well, I, I mean, who's going to win? Musk versus Zuckerman in this MMA? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I think... I mean, um, when we're all out of work, though, I mean, we'll just be watching reruns of it. Um, well, no, I think... I think. Well, th this leads me on to um, asteroid mining, weirdly. No, I, I, I mentioned it earlier. I think you talked over me like you usually do. Sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> when you sort of said AI is the one that's going to be going out into space. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Dave, this conversation mm -hmm. can serve no purpose anymore. <laughs> okay. Well, you better you better close the bay doors then. <laughs> and you better put your helmet on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you, mate. Cheers, pal. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review. And if you'd like to leave a comment, which would be great, we've set up a Hyperland Substack. So go to Substack, look up Hyperland, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. And if you've got ideas that we should cover, that would be great too. Thanks That'd be a lot. Brilliant. Thank you.